listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33, where we will be discussing chapter 16 of City of Ashes, A Stone of the Heart. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. My name is... <laughs> wow, Robin, you were real quick to come in there because I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Kristen's a rapper. <laughs> Named after a candy. <laughs> Maybe a Tootsie Roll rapper. <laughs> no, M&M. Get a candy. Uh-huh. Uh Sorry. <laughs> that went really high. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys have been inhaling tamale fumes too long. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. We're anxiously waiting for them to be ready, and this is like the final countdown. Yes, the final countdown. <laughs> Robin came to my house early today, and we have been slaving over a hot stove for hours. A lukewarm stove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my stove sucks. <laughs> She's teaching me um, the art of tamales. It's been great. They're gonna be delicious. Very nice. I'm excited for you guys. Me too. I wish you could eat them. But me too. It's, we it's were okay. not thinking about you. I'm very sorry. sorry. You don't have to think about me. What would you me? use? Like Crisco Shortening. instead? You don't okay. even have to put it in there. It's just okay. optional. Interesting. I'm not a big fan of tamales anyways. Okay. Get out of here, dude. I Get know. It's crazy. out of town. <laughs> yeah. I know. You could have put some of the salsa on your cafe oh, yum yeah. bowl, though. Oh, I could have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She, yeah, she even made the salsa. It's amazing. I'm so excited. I know. I need I need you to teach me how to mix salsa because I just never make it as good as you. Not mm -hmm. while you're over here. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> why I told her. I was like, this is probably why mine didn't turn out as good because my stove's not hot enough. We had to put them under the broiler. Mm -hmm. oh, Which yeah. I don't like to do that. Right. It's not my jam. Yeah, it's not as good. There's less control. Control. <laughs> Robin's Janet Jackson over here. <sighs> awesome. I took some pictures of Robin. So I'll have yep. to post them. What's going to get up in your Insta feed? Your feed? Insta feed? Gram feed? Instant gram feed. Stop staring at me. <laughs> My kid keeps calling me a boomer. So here we are. That is the funniest shit I've ever heard, dude. So, okay. I got a soda out of the fridge. One of the, because we buy the little small bottles of Colt Cola. <laughs> <laughs> she might be right. And, um. I was lazy when I put them in there, so I didn't take them off of the plastic ring. Okay. So she pulled it off, and I was afraid that it was going to be all shook up, so I hit the side of it. She's like, boomers do that. And I was like, like what? <laughs> like, not want to get soda sprayed on you? She's like, this lady I watched on YouTube, she said that boomers do that. Are you a boomer? It's because you're a boomer. I was like, I'm not a boomer. Boomer. <laughs> you're like, you're about 40 years off. I was like, I'm a millennial. It was the one time you're going to hear me say that proudly. Like, I'm offended. <laughs> And she's like, okay, boomer. You're like, I'm an elder millennial. Right. Oh, the respectful I, kind. I think we're like, we're mid-millennials, dude. Yeah, we are. We're yeah, mid. Are we? Oh, mm -hmm. okay, okay. Jason's right at the cusp of uh, Gen X and millennial. Mm -hmm. so. Remember, I had that podcast other idea. Yes. Mm -hmm. What? The millennial mom podcast. Mid-millennial oh, moms. Mid-millennial moms. I right. love it. Mm -hmm. M, M, M. Mm-hmm. Right? I love that. If we ever get our lives together and can Seriously. do another podcast. <laughs> when my kid's just a little bit older and they could just all play, it'd be good. Yeah. At least with that, we wouldn't have to really write scripts. No. We could just... It would be an yes. hour of this Give me crap. a cup of coffee and let me go. It would be basically what we talk about before the show. Yeah. It's like the pre-show. <laughs> all that complaining we do beforehand. This is great. Yes. Right? <laughs> the football. The football. Damn it, Robin. <laughs> Oh, good times, good times. Awesome. All right. I think that Miss Amanda has something special to read. I have something to say. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. Okay, so I have a question, first of all. I'm going to read an amazing review. Um, but it cuts off the title. Is there a way for me to see the title more? I have no idea. Or I don't either. So I'm sorry, Keeks226. But I can't read your whole title because I'm a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> so this podcast, nope, this review <laughs> is a podcast, uh, is titled Absolutely Hilarious and Amazing. And it is by Keeks226. As I stated, she says, they say, this person says. <laughs> Take out the pronoun. No, absolutely not. <laughs> 
y'all which i love this podcast please get it together amanda we have like four hours of this okay all right y'all this podcast is amazing I can't with these women. They are so funny to listen to and works work so well together. I myself am a licensed nerd, TM. Yes. <laughs> Love it. And the way they talk about these books to each other and start wheezing when they say stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> I am right along with them. <laughs> you ladies are great. Keep up the good work. The wheezing is 110% Kristen. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. I can't help it. Every once in a while, there's a snort in there. Like, in the background, that's me. Yeah. (laughs) And the man does a dog pitch Yeah, I'm going to have a real high pitch. That's that's me. Anyway, I'm sorry I butchered that. But thank you so much for taking the time. We love these reviews. Thank Thank you so much. That made me, when Robin screenshotted that and sent that to us, I laughed so hard. (laughs) Me too. I wheezed. Just call me Wheezy. <laughs> I get you that little um, pe- penguin from Toy Story. Oh, yeah. The one where his squeaker's broken. Yeah. Wheezy <laughs> is his name. <laughs> oh, my awesome. gosh. So what do you say we cut the chit-chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Claire and Luke are left grasping at straws trying to figure out their next move whilst imagining the horrors that will await Jason Idris. Maya, feeling deflated as the tires on the unused bike I have sitting in my garage, <laughs> sneaks out of the bedroom window and plods along to Simon's. If slash how she knows how to get there will remain a mystery because she's attacked by VTAG and Agger Mom. The rest of the chapter follows Cassie's favorite writing style in this book, Flash Scene. As thus, I will recount the Clary slash Luke and Jay slash Alec in their entirety, not necessarily as the book has written them. Clary and Luke finally realize Maya left, and judging from her Dear John letter, Kristen, <laughs> she's off to see Simon. Clary calls over, waking her newly nocturnal BFF. He hasn't seen Maya, but it's funny she's calling now because it sounds like someone's breaking in. The phone goes silent, and who appears on the other end? None other than... Dun, 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 dun! dun. Meanwhile, at the Institute, Jace is thrown into a Seraph Blade prison by Quizzy McGuire, who instantly lays out her maniacal plot to chain Jace for the mortal instruments. Once she leaves, Alex enters, telling Jace that he didn't actually turn on him, hashtag parabatai life, and is going to help him bust out. He convinces Jace that he might have super extra special Shadow Hunter skills and to try to leap out to the rafters to GTFO. <laughs> she said skills with a Z. <laughs> That's what they are. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. It was so great. All right. We jump straight into the action with Clary justifiably freaking the fuck out because her bestie has been vap... <laughs> because her bestie has been vamp-napped by her evil daddy-o. Clary launches herself out of the cab as Luke brings the truck to a screeching halt in front of Simon's house and proceeds to hysterically beat down the front door. <laughs> Luke catches up and is all, what about the neighbors? And we're all like, screw the freaking neighbors, right along with Clary. That sounded bad, but you know what I meant. Um, Fortunately, Clary remembers that she has a key to Simon's house attached to her belt. Seriously, janitor? Wait, I stole my joke. Sorry. It goes along with the the zip-off pants. Like Zeke. So I have questions. Clary's short. So does she have to get like pelvis to door every time she has to open a door? And does she have a retractable key ring? Does this mean she's been running around killing demons with a jangly set of janitor's keys on her hip? I've only seen this once and it was in Gilmore Girls. And we all know how realistic that show is. But have you guys ever heard of keeping your key ring on your belt? I'm assuming it's on a... I keep Maybe it's on one Caribbean. of the ones you push down and it opens. Car- Carabiner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep yeah. wanting to say Caribbean, and I know that's not right. I think she's a rock climber. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> but it definitely would make noise. Because right, I imagine it's, it's at least her ring. key as well, or Luke's. Right, so she has a, a key to Luke's house, a key to her apartment, and a key to Simon's minimum. <laughs> Dorky. I love it. Right. I mean, it makes sense if she's not carrying a purse. I mean, she has a pocket, but. Well, I mean. Well, I mean, I get it. I was a latchkey kid. I had a lanyard with a key on it. Oh, okay. Because you're Andy. <laughs> yeah, my husband does that. He puts them around his neck. But it was because I always lost lost it. And, like, I get it. But, like, on your belt, it's just such a weird thing. 
It is very weird. And more than one key. It's not just your house key. It's like your set of keys. I also find it interesting, now that we're talking about this, that we never hear about her carrying a backpack again like she did when Rat Simon became a thing. Yeah, like first, yeah. It first was just book. there, coincidence, you know. And then, yeah, this part of... I, I mean, I think that she mentions her backpack a little bit in the beginning of this book, okay. but not much. Well, yeah, she's a shadow hunter now. She doesn't need I guess. sketchbooks. Right, that's a good point. <laughs> well, I think she was like... In between homes yeah. in the first book. Okay, so she's that's carrying true. everything on her back. But she didn't need to bring it to the party. Anyway, whatever. We she's went Dora. over that. Backpack, backpack. I don't know I if that's it. the right. I think so. I don't know. Your kid was obsessed with Dora. Dude, she was. Mine skipped it. It was too much. <laughs> well, then she met Diego, and then she was all about Diego. Awesome. Screw Dora. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, using the key she momentarily forgot she had affixed to her person, Clary opens the door and heads into the eerily quiet house with Luke bringing up the rear. And, okay, Luke, you've been doing so good at parenting, but you're going to let her go into the house first? How did she beat him? He's a freaking wolf. (laughs) (laughs) And he's, like, six foot tall. Like, your legs have got to be three times as long as hers. Yep, three. (laughs) Sorry. He just looks like one of those guys on stilts at the fair. <laughs> yeah. He has no torso. Like he's just all shoulders. <laughs> just shoulders to legs. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gosh. just upset you didn't say thrice as long. <laughs> Sorry. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, okay, so nothing looks amiss as they move through the house searching for Simon. At this point, we get another abrupt reminder that Simon and Clary's relationship. The one that ended the night before when Simon unceremoniously dumped Clary's ass lasted a whole two days. That's crazy. Right? Because she's like, crazy. I just kissed Simon at that sink a few days ago. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Everything goes so slowly. It's just, I don't know. It's like, isn't it funny how bad relationships always seem longer than they actually are, even when you're not the one in the relationship? <laughs> We're awkwardly nodding right now. Right? (laughs) But it also just reminds us that Jason and Clary have only known each other for like three weeks. God, that's weird. That is crazy. (laughs) I don't like that. No. I know. I'm like, they have too close of a bond for them to have just met. Like, I feel like this needs to have been. Dude, it was love at first sight. (laughs) It's too much. I can't handle it. But that's one thing that I really get frustrated with about YA books I mean, all all novels in this kind of, like, fantasy realm situation is it all happens so fast. Like, there's not time between for, like, the characters to, like, develop their relationships. Everything seems like going at warp speed. Except Harry Potter. Right. Because it was staggered out. Yeah. Jeez Louise. What? Get out of here in your judgmental eyes. Okay. Judgy us. <laughs> Nerd. Anyways, yeah, it's just one of those things that... Yeah. It, it always throws... It pulls me out of the story when they mention something like that. I wish they would just, like, not talk about it. So then you you can just feel like it was longer. I mean... You know what you, I mean? You know what it's like, though, to be a teenager. Everything is, like, so intense. Your feelings at that age and everything. Yeah. So, I don't and know. And it's all, like, hyper-consolidated. Like, when you start hanging out with a new, like, group of friends, and then you're hanging out with them every day, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like... <laughs> this is why we can't have anything nice, Robin. What happened? <laughs> she just knocked over her computer. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Sorry, that was so. We have two. Um, Do you want to like instead of balancing it? I can't remember over. what I was saying. Uh, you were saying some smart hyper kid shit. You used the word hyper. It. Yeah, and get out of here. <laughs> Their feelings are intensely strong. No, like when you start hanging out with a new group of friends, and then you're hanging out with them all the time, and then all of a sudden it's like they're your whole world, and you've only been hanging out with them for like two weeks, but like you're spending so much time with them. Mm-hmm. So I understand, and obviously Jason Clary's like mutual. Um, what's uh, like mutual an, trauma yeah. and like you know the things that they've been through mm-hmm. like battles and all of that it automatically makes you closer than like someone you went and well, saw a movie with really, yeah <laughs> they both really needed that too so it's on top of it it's like they were just dying for something yeah they're definitely like this. fulfilling a 
filling a void. Yes, in each other's <laughs> lives. Their hearts. hearts. Their hearts. Okay. So anyways, Luke and Clary reach Simon's room and Yasarian, Simon's fluffy white cat that honestly sounds super duper cute. Uh-huh. Kitty dive bombs Luke, scaring the ever-loving shit out of Clary and me. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely ready for a jump scare. So Simon's room looks just as normal as the rest of the house, even though Clary was on the phone with him while he was Tetrising his furniture in front of his own bedroom door. Yeah. <laughs> so Luke guesses Vitang used magic to clean it up, and Clary notices Simon's phone on the floor. The antenna snapped off. No oh way. Oh my god, I can't. The horror. <laughs> I don't know if I ever had a phone with an antenna. I did. I don't know. I can't remember. I think my first two phones had antennas. Yeah, I had an antenna. My my mom's first cell phone, which was a couple years before I had one. It was prepaid. <laughs> I had my first one was prepaid. It was like a T-Mobile prepaid. Right. And then I got my LG flip phone, which is I think exactly what Simon and Clary have. Awesome. <laughs> this is great. So, a text message draft, I guess, is visible on the broken phone. <laughs> and it's a message from Vtang. Now I have them all. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Are you ask, Ash Ketchum? What? Like <laughs> Pokemon? <laughs> Me or V-Tang? Gotta catch them all? Yes. He did. He caught them all. <laughs> why is he texting a message on like... Why he was he... like leaving a message. Like, but it's... He's a boomer and he didn't know how to send it to Clary. <laughs> Listen, it you have magic. Phone. Right. To clean up the entire house. Write it on blood in the wall, dude. Right. Use something else besides Be creative. message in Simon's phone. It is weird that she even thought to look at his phone. Right. Let's use our imagination, V-Tang. Yeah. <laughs> this is really disappointing Come on, of you. Oh, my gosh. So, Clary and Luke, well, mostly Luke, decodes the message to mean that Valentine has, has not only Simon, but 15-year-old Maya as well. <laughs> and thus... <laughs> Has everything he needs to complete the conversion. Quick sidebar here. Luke's ma- Luke's Luke makes this point when he's explaining the situation with Clary, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote it from the book. When the spell was created, the spell to turn the soul sword to darkness, the word teenager hadn't been invented. In Shadowhunter society, you're an adult when you're 18. Before that, you're a child. For Valentine's purposes, Maya and Simon are children. Okay, so this is in response to Clary saying, but they're teenagers, not children. But, oh, geez. So I have been running off of the theory that the reason Maya had to be 15 is because, as she explained in chapter one, werewolves come of age at 16. However, what Luke is suggesting is that 18 would be the cap for adulthood regardless because that would be Valentine's understanding of the word child, which seems kind of weird because this is a spell. It's not a shadow hunter spell. It's like a warlock spell to convert, right? It was, it was in one of the warlock books, right? I don't know, but like it, it just raises a lot of questions and uh-huh. it's like, okay, so if she could have been like, if she just needed to be under 18, then we could have had a reasonable yeah, age for her Maya. birthday could be next week, right. and it still would work. And she could be 17, and it could all be normal. But no, she's 15, and it doesn't make any sense. Ugh. I'm going to be really upset when, at the end of this book, it, like, there's something that wraps it up, and she's like, I lied about my age. And then I'm going to be like, fuck, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I caused such a stink. <laughs> What was that? I think that happened in the last book. Something had happened. And I was like, wait, no. It's because of the different version. Yeah. She had fixed it. So It was the, the ring. That's right. That's right. So Luke's theory seems pretty solid, but the question is why? Why would Valentine change course and go out of his way to find the one vamp and one werewolf who would specifically hurt his children? There's only one answer. And I will quote from the book because it's just too good. Jace said Clary what do you mean Jace what about him I think it's Jace he's trying to get back at Jace must have done something last night on the boat something that really pissed Valentine off pissed him off enough to abandon whatever plan he had before and make a new one Luke looked baffled 
What makes you think that Valentine's change of plans had anything to do with your brother? Because, Clary said with grim certainty, only Jace can piss somebody off that much. (laughs) It's just one of those things. It's like, yeah, it's true. It's what we've been saying the whole fucking time. Fair. (laughs) Listen, Luke knows what's going on between Clary and Jace. I think that's why he keeps reminding okay, them okay. that they're brother and sister. Okay, that's a good point. I was going to ask why would he keep doing that, but that makes sense. Yeah. I think he's trying to discourage it without having to directly confront it. <laughs> right. What, what's that? Your brother? Okay, cool. Got it. All right. You mean you're both father? Yeah. <laughs> Not just Jace's dad? Your dad too? Over at the Institute, Alec is conspicuously beating on Isabel's door, but she and Max have unanimously decided to disown their older brother. After some begging and a few threats, Isabel relents and tells Max to let Alec in. In true oldest sibling style, Alec sees that Isabel is sitting in an open window and freaks the hell out. (laughs) Izzy, still mad, lassos Alec's legs. Lassos Alec's... Fuck, why can't I say that? His eggs. His eggs. Got it. So just around his balls. His huevos. His huevos. Okay. Izzy, still mad, lassos Alex's legs with her whip, a la Wonder Woman, and continues to grill him about his blatant treason. (laughs) We're in Alex's point of view at the moment, and I really like that we get to see his internal process a bit. I like... Like, he can't help but argue with it. Why do I keep saying Lizzie? <laughs> Lizzo. <laughs> like, he can't help but argue with Izzy, even though the argument is completely irrelevant because his betrayal was an act. Like, it's it's in him. He has to just argue with her. And that's so true. <laughs> like, of being, especially being, like, an older sibling, you just, you can't help it. So, Alec finally has had enough, and he cuts through Izzy's whip and so, like, is that ruined now? Does she have to get a new one? It's like her special weapon. He's just going to ask Magnus again. Fix this, bro. Maggie Pie. Yep. I guess. Look what I messed up. So deciding that they've suffered enough, Jace steps into the room and is like, what up, bitches? Let's party. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I... So he just, like, was standing out in the open, in yeah, the hall, just waiting. Just dramatic entrance. <laughs> Could you imagine them planning this? Okay, so... Here's what we're going to do. Okay. I'm going first. And then we're going to be like, guess what? I messed up. Surprise! <laughs> I'm just going to stand out here where anyone can see me. Oh, it's like to make this joke. Right. <laughs> At the risk of getting caught. This is going to be funny. This is going to be hilarious. So dumb. So Izzy helps Jace bandage up his wrists since the rune-made injuries... Um, since they are rune-made injuries and a regular Arazzi won't work. They need Izzy's phone to obviously text Clary. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but she left it in the kitchen and Max offers to go get it. But not before this gem. And I shall quote from the book. What do you need the phone for, Alec? We just need it, Alec said impatiently. Izzy, if you're texting Magnus to say, I think you are cool. Cool spelled K-E-W-L. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Who's Magnus? Max inquired. He's a warlock, said Alec. A sexy, sexy warlock, Isabel told Max, ignoring Alec's look of total fury. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. And, like, she, Max goes on to say, like, aren't warlocks bad? Which kind of hurts my heart a little bit. Yeah. It does. Because he's, like, what, nine? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, like, that's just how he's been brought up, is that, like, downworlders are bad, and it's just, like, sad. It is sad. I don't like that. Which is why I left it out. But then I still talked about it, so it doesn't really matter. Boo. Boo you, Lightwoods. <laughs> All right, do we want to stop and check on the tamales? Yep. yep. Pause for tamales and go. Okay, so Izzy asks about, like, what's the plan now, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so Jace tells her about the Inquisitor's plan and how dumb it is. And Izzy gets all appropriate sisterly-like and is like, uh, she can't do that. No, Sorry. And Jace is like, yeah, I don't want to be here when she realizes how dumb that plan is, so I'm outie. (laughs) Izzy asks how Jace was able to jump so high out of the electric jail cell, and he's not really sure what to tell her. He kind of ignores her at first, and then he's just like, I'm not telling you because I don't know. 
Um, so he points, yeah, he points out that the Sealy Queen must have been right about him having powers or something. And my nerd button is ringing right now. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Power? Like, I don't, the whole, I don't know. Don't like that. Sorry. <laughs> I like how you spelled Sealy. <laughs> you wanted to spell it like the mattress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Max gets back with the phone and Izzy calls Clary. I don't, she likes me better, she says, but do, I don't know. It seems like she'd want to hear from Jace. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> only to find out the deets about the Valentine vamp wolf napping Simon and Maya. Okay, so hold on one second. I think because I know it feels like it was 40 days ago, but it was just the night before. Uh, Clary and Jace are still kind of like avoiding each other. Okay. Okay. Right? Because that was just last night that they were at it Luke's. Does, uh, the night before and then in the morning. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the night before and then the morning. <laughs> so Jace grabs the phone um, from Izzy's hand and tells Clary to come to the Institute and then demands that oops, demands that Alec and Magnus... Uh, nope. Pulling a Kristen. That's not what happened. So then he demands that Alec call Magnus and yet again use up their free boyfriend services. <laughs> he tells the Lightwood gang that they need to stick around to deal with the Inquisitor. When she realizes that her deal with Vitaine won't work, they will need to convince her to send back up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm scrolling down. <laughs> so Jace is using his new powers and goes out the window and then he's just gone. <laughs> Alec is like looking around. He can't see him anywhere. It's crazy. He now vanishes. So we go to Simon's POV, and um, he wakes up to the sound of water and pain in his left hand. And the pain is from the sunlight that was creeping in through the window, which is just crazy. His fingers are red with blisters. It's just insane that the light can do that to a vampire. It's just a weird thing. Crazy. So he um, took in his surroundings and realized that Maya was tied up to a pipe across the room. And as soon as she saw him, she starts bursting into tears, telling him that she thought he was dead, to which he responds... I am dead. <laughs> I have written here, hearty har har. I think that's good. <laughs> um, so he ends up um, trying to console her, but realizes he's also tied up, which is weird because he's tied up at the ankle. I don't know. I'm pretty sure she's tied up at her wrists. I think that's weird. So Maya confirms that the man that took them is Valentine, and she starts asking a million questions about V-Tang, and Simon's basically just like, all I know is that he's Jason at Clary's father. So <laughs> and that Clary, <laughs> and that Clary, yep. <laughs> so Maya points out that his voice sounded like Jace, and I want to know if you guys think this is a real thing. Do people sound like their parents? Well, so the question you asked in the, in the doc was, uh, or what you said is, I, I don't think people inherit voices, and I I agree. I don't think they inherit voices. Yeah. I think it's a more. Uh, uh, nurture versus nature thing okay. like if you grow up with somebody you kind of take on their mannerisms and that's a good point so his tone and stuff was probably more like Jace. Yeah. okay okay because i was like i know i don't sound like my mom no but no. but if you start hanging out with robin a lot more then you pick up on and you start saying the same things that's and like true. or we finish each other's sentences sandwiches sandwiches <laughs> oh i love sandwiches <laughs> So, okay, so Maya goes on to ask Simon if he experienced seeing dead people when V-Tang came for him. He did not. <laughs> How unnerving is that for her? Like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> That's a you thing, Maya. <laughs> so she tells him about um, when she came to the boat, she, she was still conscious. So she was able to see that they were on a boat, and she also saw demons everywhere. She explains to him that there were big ones and little ones and flying ones. And this just reminds me of the Lion King. Big ones, small ones, some as big as your head. <laughs> I was saying that as I was reading it, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> um, so she says that the demons do whatever Valentine tells them to do. And Simon's like, but Valentine hates demons. We all keep so going we all back to the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so there's something fishy going on here. And Maya tries to figure out why Valentine would go to all this trouble for just two downworlders. And Simon knows, but he can't bring himself to tell Maya. He's like, she's already been through enough. We'll get there. She doesn't need to know she's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she's cold. Maya's cold. So Simon tosses her his jacket. And um, 
this is where I discovered that he's tied at the at the ankle because I thought it was very weird. This must just be the reason that he's tied at the ankle so he can give her his jacket. I don't know. I think that's a little weird. Anyway. Because <laughs> he wasn't – he so that he would be able to take his jacket off, I mean. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I didn't even – Yeah. Unless he just had it like a cloak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just loose leaf up there. I'm like, that's awful convenient. He's able to take his jacket off. So Simon, she's worried that he's going to get cold too. And he's like, nah, I don't feel cold anymore. <laughs> I don't need this jacket. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Maya fills this time with her story about why she doesn't like vampires that caused her reaction to his vampism. So she was in a park with other person slash wolves. And they ran into some vamps drinking from bags of blood, which must happen often because Magnus and Alec knew where to get the blood, right? right? So I'm assuming these are good vamps that don't want to kill someone. I think they they can't kill someone because it's against the law. Okay. Interesting. How are they supposed to survive? Animal blood just? Do yeah. That? Or or buying bottled blood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they got to go to that um, Takis or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so... There was a fight, for some reason, between the vampires and the person slash wolves. And a vampire literally ripped one of her friends in half. His insides fell out, and they started eating him. And so she was very clearly still really traumatized. My question about this is, don't wear people eat people? Like, wouldn't they? Do they just eat animals? Do they have a code of contact? Are they not allowed to eat humans? So when they wolf out and, like, early on, like, before they can control it, like, when Luke first wolfed uh-huh. out, like, he didn't, he woke up and he didn't remember anything that happened, like, and he ate a small animal or whatever. I don't think that werewolves, like, go around hunting for animal food, I, because they can eat regular food when they're in person form. Okay. Right. They were eating pizza and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if you just eat, like, overeat the day time when it's a full moon so then you're not hungry right (laughs) i have no idea that's like you don't you don't like end up with like a whole like array of squirrels around you or something yeah what we just did (laughs) overeat (laughs) okay well i don't know i just felt like maybe she wouldn't be as grossed out if that was something that she might have done herself because she was a wolf person slash wolf if you will (laughs) anyway she admitted that she knew simon would never do that and it sounds like and she was just kind of sad um for him because he was so human when they met and it reminded her of herself before she was turned which is Mm. just sad and the two share a moment about trying to convince themselves that they're still human in ways that it really matters it's sad it's bringing it back down to real life like this is our normal you know simon can't go in the freaking sun it's crazy I would think that the sun creeping in the room at all would be bad for him, though. Mm-hmm. Like, just having sunlight in the room, not even if he's directly in it. So I'm surprised he can even be in there. Yeah, so I, I guess it's direct sunlight that is the problem. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Oh, Tell dun, me, dun, Robin. Clary and Luke are parked a block away from the Institute waiting for Jace. And Clary takes a good long look at Luke look at Luke and realizes that he is worn out, gray stubble, dark circles, and he looks genuinely worried. And she has a moment where she's like, oh, no wonder my mom hid this life from me. Wish I could run away from it right now. (laughs) And can we just kind of like golf clap for Clary? Okay, this is my little notes. I'm glad she's finally starting to be able to put herself in her mom's shoes. So show. That being said, (laughs) obviously, She's a little more worried um, than I think a normal 15, 16-year-old shadow hunter going into a regular, quote, regular battle would be. Um, she doesn't have training to fall back on like she would have if she grew up, like, immersed in the shadow world. However, she's gearing up to take on Valentine, undesirable number one, <laughs> an outlaw. On a steel boat, he rides, wanted, <laughs> dead or alive. Who is also hers and the person she is wholeheartedly in love with's manipulative father. No amount of training could take the edge off of that. Even Jace, who's like super extra shadow huntery, he doesn't like fucking with this guy either. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Cause I I got excited. I was like, yes, Clary, imagine that like you're a Jocelyn. But I was like, no, you know what? If Jocelyn hadn't done that, she would be more prepared. This is what this is 
the conversation we had about Jocelyn. I know, but then at the same time, like, even if she was, like, Alec, Mm -hmm. Alec still isn't ready to face V-Tang. V-Tang. No, but he's more confident. Right. Anyway, I was Natalie and Bulia when I was writing that. Naked? Torn. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was just, like, laying naked on the floor. <laughs> Typing this in my bathroom. Sorry. Anyways, Luke points out, "Hey guys, there's a figure on the roof." And Clary squints at the truck window in between the turrets, gargoyles, and angel statues, <laughs> and she can see movement in blonde hair. Oh my god, it's Chase! Oh my god! So this bitch bolts out of the truck and starts running up to the institute. Really, Frey? Keep your cool, girl. Although I can't say that I probably wouldn't be doing the same thing. So I don't know. Mm. I would feel like he would have a plan. Like I wouldn't need to rush out. It's Jace. Like he knows what he's doing. Stay put in the fucking car. Anyway, she gets closer. (laughs) She realizes that Jace is going to jump and she screams like again. That's not very cloak and dagger of you, Clary. (laughs) And as he lands cat like on his feet in front of her, she's flabbergasted. To say the least, stumbling on and asking him, how the heck did you just do that? And she looks back at Clary and realizes that he's staring past them at the guards that are making their way to them because she screamed. Okay. <laughs> so, like, I, the, the way that she described Luke with, like, his hands behind his head, I'm just, like, picturing him being like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Uh-huh. That's what we're all doing right now. You clustered this. <sighs> the Morgan Stern siblings make their way to Luke's pickup Ew. and jump in. I don't like that. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> Luke hits the gas and veers around the guards just in time. And one of the guards, Malik, takes out a throwing knife and aims it at their tires. But before he's able to throw it, this lady guard jumps onto his back and struggles for the knife. And before we can see what happens, the truck turns the corner. We are back on the SS beating. And Simon is watching Maya have a restless sleep. He tries in vain to calculate the time outside, using the light peering through the window as a makeshift sundial. But he, he learned nerd. it at camp. Yes. <laughs> but he's got bigger fish to fry. That's not what I said. Nope. <laughs> I liked it. He has bigger problems to contend with than not knowing what time it is because he's thirsty. For blood. <laughs> and he thinks longingly about the supply that he has waiting for him back home and it makes his veins burn. <laughs> at work and you know you have really good leftovers at home and you're like waiting to get home to eat them same i'm thinking i get to go to sushi and then you get home and you find out your kid ate them dude what the hell why (laughs) she likes eating other people's leftovers (laughs) yes she does i literally have to write my name on shit or after i dinner on stuff my kid legit ate cream of mushroom soup one time that was for dinner who eats cream of mushroom soup (laughs) like as a soup yes Anyway, sorry. Omar ate the cheese for the tamales tonight. And yeah. I was just like, dude, how an entire thing of queso fresco with a dinner. Because I made He's tortilla not soup. not going to poop for a week. And then he put it in the tortilla soup. I don't know. Too much. It's great. Anyways, Maya wakes up and Simon watches the blood return to her face, only further torturing himself. <laughs> and um, he tells her that she's been asleep for about three to four hours. And Maya tells him that she's sorry that he is there, but she's glad that he is with her. Mm. I had a hard time saying that. That's why I sounded like a robot. This intimate makes Simon smile and the taste of blood fills his mouth. Like he like bites his lip, right? Which I thought was weird. I was like, how? But obviously there's blood in his body. So Okay, couldn't he drink his own blood? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it would quench his thirst quite the same. Yeah. Like, just, like, clip one of your hangnails, bro, and just, like, like, suck on that. Mm. Okay, but I also have a question, and I'm raising my hand. I don't know why. Um, So she's been asleep for three or four hours. Like, I feel like the whole thing with, like, Clary being on the phone with Simon, him getting caught, and her getting to his house right away. Like, I felt like that happened quickly. And then they turned around from there and went straight to the Institute and then picked up Jace. Yeah, and Magnus was supposed to be meeting Alec. Somewhere, I can't remember. Somewhere with a statue or some shit. Right. So like, they were like, clearly like, on their way. I feel like one half of our group is moving in like super warp speed yeah. and the other half of our group is like stuck in a time suck. Like, I don't, I'm confused. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I Robin that? gave up. I don't know. Did I even write it? Now maybe I wrote it wrong. 
No, I think you're right. It sounds right. It's been a while since I read that Because I remember him watching the sun move, and, like, that doesn't move in 10 minutes. Right. Well, I was thinking, Maya obviously would be tired. Uh-huh. Why do you think she needed to take a nap? Like, yeah, maybe she's tired, but why? Like, oh, you fell asleep really quick. Why did it need to be? Does she need to be rested up? No, I, I think she's just traumatized from seeing her brother. Right. Like, everything she's kind of... It's just... But it's weird to put that in there mm-hmm. and have them on that different time. I, I feel like know. it would just be too, like mark time which is why it happened but the right. time doesn't make sense that they mm-hmm. marked right i don't know yeah it's very weird okay okay i guess i felt like i needed to add it because i did i don't know my and simon outstretch their hands and their fingertips are able to brush for a moment before they're interrupted by valentine like that's either the best or worst timing right. ever like it was just perfect and he tells them how touching it is that the night and moon children are getting along at last <sighs> he's such a dick yep <laughs> So Simon takes Vitang in for the first time and tries to compare him to his children. And he has Clary's sharp bone structure and eye shape and Jace's mannerisms, which must be what Maya was talking about. What? What are you laughing at? I don't like it when you do that. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's not. (laughs) It's in mannerisms. Just, it made me, and then I read it, and it, it looked like it said manurisms, and then I just thought it was funny. Okay. I made a poop joke too. Okay, he really scartled, scartled me. <laughs> anyway, this must be what Maya is talking about when she says that he sounded like Jace. If this dude acts like Jace, that must be okay. Tying that mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. with y'all, yeah. So he's a big fucking dude with a thick frame. Baby's got back. <laughs> Baby's got shoulders, I guess. Girl, you huge. <laughs> you chunky. <laughs> anyway, he doesn't look like either of his kids in his body shape. Right. Okay, but like when you envision Valentine, how do you envision him? Because like they every time they mention Valentine, they always make a point to mention that he's a large, imposing man. I don't, in my head, I always have to, like, self-correct and make him have broader shoulders. Because yeah. he just doesn't really... I imagine him as thin. Uh-huh. Yeah. I imagine him with, like, Magnus's frame. See, I but, don't... like, really tall. I don't yeah. imagine him that thin. I, I mean, I imagine him being tall and, like, medium built. But, like, the way that they say it he's is, like... like fucking Paul Bunyan. Right. Like, he's, like, <laughs> he's like beefy. <laughs> Where's the beef? <laughs> On beating, <laughs> on beating his shoulders apparently because he's thick and juicy. Okay, anyway, no. <laughs> um. So yeah. So Robert Lightwood, I envision him as being like barrel chested, like a bigger, fatter dude. Okay. Me too. Whereas Valentine is like muscular, because like Valentine would not abide by having like too much of a BMI. Like, there's no way. He's way too disciplined. I imagine that, I just, in my head, imagine that none of the showers, shadow (laughs) hunters would be overweight or anything because they're constantly training. Yeah. But I imagine, I don't know why, maybe they talk about it, Robert Lywood, like, always in a suit. I don't know. Maybe that's just my brain. I don't remember. I don't either. I don't think that they do. I just, that's what I picture. Yeah. Like a blue suit with a striped shirt. I don't know. Like, 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 I don't think confused. he's like super fat or anything. Just like stocky. Yeah, stocky. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's like he's still very strong because they all have to be strong. Right. All I can picture is him in like robes. Right. Like Hogwarts robes. Same. And I don't know why. Same. Why? Weird. But just Robert. Yeah. Not any of the other people. No. Nope. Okay. Specifically Maris Robert. Maris is always in, in like a really smart suit for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought a pencil skirt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why. Just... He's the only one. Anyway. Okay. My bad. Sorry, my bad. Sorry, Bart. (laughs) So he's able to, Valentine is able to move into the room with cat-like grace despite being weighed down with a shit ton of weapons. And (laughs) V-Tang tells Simon to get up and keep his back against the wall. He's just like Rambo. Exactly. (laughs) He's got like his tactical vest and his cutoff pants. Flashbang. Simon looks over at Maya, and he decides that he's going to keep her from harm regardless of the cost. So he starts to poke the bear. And... <laughs> oh, anyway, I'll say after. So he tells Valentine that he can see why Clary hates him. Um, V-Tink doesn't really seem to care, which I thought was also like, Simon, that was lame. Like, <laughs> she doesn't even like you. 
<laughs> I can see why Clary doesn't like you. Um, but Simon still asks, um, quote, why is... No. Valentine doesn't really seem to care, but he still asks Simon. Beating asks Simon, quote, why is that? To which um, Simon says, because you're obviously a psychotic. A psychotic. Uh, psych- I was going to say a psychopath, but that's not what it says. Um, and that's so lame. Like, I was just like, boo. <laughs> You're so much wittier than that. But, I mean, he's probably intimidated and doesn't know. But yeah. anyway, I was just, that was a boo hiss for me. So, now I'm going to pull a Kristen and read a couple excerpts from the book. Because I think this does a really excellent job of leveling the pale playing field between worst villain, Imogen or V-Tang. Mm-hmm. So, now Valentine smiled. It was a smile that moved no part of his face other than his lips. And those twisted only slightly. Then he brought his fist up. It was clenched. Simon thought for a moment that Valentine was going to swing at the him. And he flinched reflexively. But Valentine didn't throw the punch. Instead, he opened his fingers, revealing a shimmering pile of what looked like glitter in the center of his broad palm. Turning toward Maya, he bent his head and blew the powder at her in a grotesque parody of a blown kiss. The powder settled on her like a swarm of shimmering bees. Maya screamed. Gasping and jerking wildly, she thrashed from side to side as if she could twist away from the powder, her voice rising in a sobbing scream. So, Vitan confirms that this is silver powder and it's burning Maya, but not for long. Um, she'd stopped twisting and jerking, was subdued to the fetal position, crying quietly, and blood's like running down all the open sores that the powder has caused. And Simon is super T.O., dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sorry, I was laughing because that is not at all funny. I was just imagining, like... <laughs> Me being stupid, like he heated up the powder. (laughs) (laughs) He's got it on the spoon. It's hot powder, (laughs) so he can burn her with it. Free basic. (laughs) You didn't know? Okay, sorry. Okay, so here's the second little bit. I'm not gonna blow your eardrums. You bastard, he said as Valentine idly brushed the last of the powder from his fingers. She's just a girl. She wasn't gonna hurt you. She's chained up for. He choked, his throat burning. Valentine laughed. For God's sake, he said, is that what you were going to say? Simon said nothing. Valentine reached over his shoulders and drew the heavy silver sword from its sheath. (laughs) (laughs) Light played along its blade like water slipping down a sheer silver wall, like sunlight itself refracted. Simon's eyes stung, and then he turned his face away. The angel blade burns you, just as God's name chokes you, said Valentine, his cool voice sharp as crystal. They say that those who die upon its point will achieve the gates of heaven, in which case, Revenant, I'm doing you a favor. Mm. He points a sword at his throat in what I think is a massive cliche and asks if Simon has any last words. <laughs> and Simon thinks of what he's supposed to say, like a, in Hebrew, mm-hmm. but the words are lost, like burning in his throat. So instead he whispers Clary <laughs> and Valentine is soups annoyed. <laughs> I'm picturing eye roll emoji over his face. And he flicks his wrist, slashing, slashing Simon across the throat. <sighs> Could you imagine Clary being your last word? Like, boo. <laughs> but he says, Clary. Clary. But he also knew it would piss off V-Tang. Okay, okay. Yeah, that'll a good point. get you. But I, yeah, you're right. I mean, this just shows how purely evil Valentine is. But Valentine thinks that what he's doing is the right thing. Whereas I feel like Imogen is, she's just wants vengeance. vengeance. Like she just wants revenge. And so like, that's all that's powering her. It's not about right and wrong and ideals or anything like that. It's about, I want to punish you because I'm mad at you basically. Mm -hmm. Whereas Valentine he just like like he drank his own Kool-Aid. Like he, he, he's totally bought into his own psychosis. Well, for him, I think, um, we always see him interacting with Clary or Jace mm-hmm. and he tries to put on this like uh-huh the the fake the fake I was gonna say front but that just sounds weird but it's manipulation yeah because yeah. like he he like turns his charisma on and he's trying yep. to be more cautious of what he's saying mm-hmm. and the cautious of the presence he's putting out and he gives no shits because he thinks that Maya and Simon aren't worth yeah. right, anything like they're right. less than mm-hmm. I was going to say less than people, but. I mean, it's true. That's what uh-huh. he thinks. Yeah. So he just treats them like garbage because he can. 
Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Don't you think he'd want to like slit his wrist over a bucket or something? Doesn't he need his blood? I think he slits his throat out of anger. Er, mm-hmm. Throat, yeah. And then they'll do it later. That like takes him to okay. go like do the ritual or whatever. Okay. I don't think he. I don't think his intention was to do it there, but I think he was so mad at him that he was just like interesting to let a kid like that get to you when you're vting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, because we do see him so controlled, like you mm-hmm. said with Jason Clary. That it's interesting to see how his temper flares and he loses his temper when he feels like he's safe to do so. Whereas we see him so many times with Jason Clary, like, get riled up and, like, want to do something. And then he holds himself back. And he lets, like, really quickly, he comes back down. That's a mad parenting skill, dude. I need to learn that. (laughs) (laughs) Emotional manipulation. (laughs) Well, the calming down part. Because I would just be like, no, bro. I would yell at him. Get off the couch. You get down. But like classic Cassandra Clare leaving us with Simon getting his throat slit. Terrible. Once again, cross my fingers. This is it. You're He's done now. Such, you're right? such a dick. No, not. He's terrible. Okay. He was kind of funny in this chapter. I will give him that. I will give him that. That was pretty funny. I am dead. Like, okay. <laughs> but then are. towards the end, yeah, towards the end, he really disappointed us with that whole thing. So I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm winning this one. You're not as funny as you should have been. <laughs> Simon, you prepare to die. die. You are the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye. There's an episode of Doctor Who mm-hmm. where um, it's whatever in the future. Mm-hmm. And they have that TV show on there, and it's a robot, and you do die. Oh. So that was a very good reference. Very nice. Anyway. Robot. You guys, make sure that you read Chapter 17, East of Eden, for next week's episode. For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.